something that on page 38 in the book, I know this is very pedantic to go by way of these pages, but you know, I feel like I'm in the classroom with, with, uh, with professor K. This is great. This is how we, I, I often did this with my seminars and I thought it was really important yeah. to take up the text. Otherwise we could too easily escape. That's right. Um, there's this section 38, 39, uh, but leaving aside the state, there are further aspects of economics that are inescapably collective, even within the purest market. So this part here was very, very interesting. And, but it led me back to something earlier you said about how everyone receives some form of public benefit. And I, I just want to mention this, mm-hmm. speaking of my years as a professor. Uh, do you remember when the big debate was, should people on welfare have to take drug tests? I, I do. Yeah. Yes. Like a decade plus ago. Yeah. So I remember this, this came up as a question and I went into class one day, this is my freshman students and I, it was a freshman seminar. And I said to them, uh, so listen, what do you guys think? Should, uh, should people on welfare have to take drug tests? And it, wh- what do you think the response was? I would guess. Yes. I say out of 25, out of 20 students, what do you think it was? 20 said yes. What would you say, Ryan? Uh, 18, yes. Yeah, both of you are essentially, you know, it is. it was clearly the higher the higher number of students, the greater number of students wanted that. And, and I looked at them and I said, I was astounded, by the way, absolutely astounded. So I said to them, well, let's, let, you know what? I'll buy into your arguments that they were making, but here's the deal. I would say anyone who receives welfare should have to take drug tests. And I want all of you to go down to the health center right now to take a drug test. And they, they were <laughs> horrified that I suggested that. They said, what do you mean? We're not, on, we're, not, we're not on welfare. I said, wait a second. How much is your, you know, although your tuition is higher than it should be, what's your tuition? What does it cost to be here? You're all on welfare. My tax dollars are enabling you to be here, right? And, you know, so what differentiates you from anybody else on welfare? What makes you above them that you shouldn't have to do that kind of thing. People don't, they just don't get it. Right. They just don't get it. Well, and let's unpack Ryan, since you, you are the author here, unpack Harvey's point about, cause I think, you know, you've said it a little bit already, but one of the main points of the book is that so many things that people think are, are just part of the uh, market forces at work or are like naturalized. Um, these are all, in fact, policy decisions made at some point by by some person with power, politically or or otherwise, right? Like yeah. the 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 outcomes and who gets what is not something that's accidental, but it's designed. And so, can you explain Harvey's point about everyone is kind of on welfare in a way? Yeah, we're we're all welfare queens, and the richer you are, the more welfare you're getting. If you're talking about welfare, you know, in a really deep down sense, which is access to state coercion. Um, if you're somebody like Jeff Bezos, you know, you, you have literally impossible to imagine riches. You can launch yourself into space on a dick rocket. Um, <laughs> and that all of that is underpinned by state authority in a million different ways. Uh, you know, the, 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 you can, 
you can point to, you know, like particular advantages that Amazon had when it was coming up as a great, com- like a large company uh, that they didn't pay sales tax for like 15 years in almost every state, which gave them just like a totally unjustifiable advantage over uh, every other, you know, non-online company. Um, and, you know, just also the like network effects of the internet being a thing that people could log on that Amazon did not create. In fact, that was the government that built that back in the sixties and the seventies. And Jeff Bezos didn't contribute to that in the slightest because he was a little baby. Um, and on, on. so, so you can like, you know, draw all of these things out, but like at the end of the day, every person is you know, a uh, part of this interdependent network of production uh, in which we all sort of, uh, we, we depend on each other for our daily necessities. And people like Jeff Bezos have sort of rigged the system, the, the rules of the system to claim a ridiculously huge proportion of you know, the surplus of the economy, like like the wealth that is being produced by all of us and, uh, you know, use well, so it. So it's, it's like, just to clarify, it's like a claim on the social wealth, which is what yeah. people think of as welfare. Like you're, you're claiming someone else's wealth. Well, what you're saying is like all the wealth is social wealth and yes. uh, the richer you are, the more you get a big chunk of that social wealth, right? Yeah, my claim is that people on, you know, social security or social security disability insurance or, or as, uh, you know, all the various other welfare stamps, programs, whatever, yeah. and like they are beneficiaries of the government in exactly the same way as Jeff Bezos is. Jeff Bezos be- uh, benefits not from, uh, you know, Medicaid, but he benefits from, the property rights, the corporate law, the labor law, the the like background of uh, a stable government, um, you know, the legal system that he can use to sue, you know, his competitors out of business. I mean, the, this in a hundred million other ways. Not to mention literal government contracts that he gets. Yeah, no, that too. No, I mean, I mean, like you could you could spend an entire hour long episode just explaining <laughs> all the ways in which he depends on the government to exist. And I've that, seen too. I, I was talking about the Green New Deal as something we could do, and they're like, "So you think with the Green New Deal, the government could somehow create like a Tesla?" And I had to point out to them that the government actually did subsidize Tesla as like that's how that they got, got a yeah they got a, a key, <laughs> key government grant. I mean that 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 uh, one of a hundred different companies you know over the history of the United States that has benefited from the government picking winners and losers, the thing that it always does. And that, you know, so what I'm, you know, my argument is to, 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 to sort of say, you know, in keeping with Thomas Paine, Thomas Jefferson, egalitarianism, we are all, you know, one people, we all deserve an equal share of the economic production, no matter what, you know, uh, we are, no matter where we come from, if we're Americans, we deserve equally to share in our collective uh, a surplus that, you know, you should uh, create a welfare state that uh, accomplishes that thing. And that means, you know, uh, national health insurance, a national unemployment system that actually works, um, uh, super high taxes on the rich. 
the, the, the I go through it all in the book, you know, and how, and how you could do it. And there there are even more aggressive ways that I that I really didn't get into that much. But the 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 point I think the more important thing to to mention is about the morality of it. That 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 um as as people say, every billionaire is a policy failure. You know, that that if if you have a country with someone as rich as Jeff Bezos, that is evidence, a priori evidence of a of a severe dysfunction in the operations of your uh, economic system. And th- this is someone who has wormed through the cracks of your, you know, rules and just claimed a ridiculously disproportionate uh, amount of the collective product for themselves, you know, like enough to support literally like an entire country's worth of people for, and you know, <laughs> yeah. It's something that you've you've always got to be on guard for. Uh, You know, Shakespeare wrote about there's something rotten in the state of Denmark. He should have waited a couple hundred years. He would have had something really (laughs) rotten smelling in this country. Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, you know, these guys like Bezos, they tell themselves these stories like, oh, I I worked hard. Like you didn't work harder than like 100,000 people put together. You know, you you were lucky. You started your business at the right time. You got you got investment from your parents. That's what happened. And, uh, you know, you you slightly outcompeted the people who are ahead of you in the uh, online retail segment. And now you have enough money to send a dick rocket in this space, into space. And that is not fair. <laughs> the American you should not dream be able to for, do that. For one guy to be able to uh, go into space for 15 minutes on his own while hundreds of thousands of his workers pee in, in bottles uh, in order to deliver things the next day for people. Right? And this is why we need the, the, we celebrate the victory of the Staten Island Amazon labor union. Yes. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, absolutely. That's the end of the preview folks. As usual, we like to mention that this podcast is sponsored by the American prospect magazine. So if you want to listen to the whole thing, uh, you could subscribe at $5 a month if you want that, plus a free subscription to the website, uh, plus the opportunity for a steeply discounted print subscription. You can do that, if you so wish, at $10 a month. And uh, otherwise, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.